everybody. We are back here with our podcast, No Filter Media, and I am Joni Wickham, co-founder of Wickham James Strategies and Solutions and author of the best-selling book, The Thin Line Between Cupcake and Bitch, and I am here with my good buddy, Sly James. Hey, folks. I'm Sly James. Uh, always happy to be working with Joni on things that matter. We do this podcast so that we can talk about things that uh, we think are both interesting, a little provocative, uh, and they're all over the place, but they're designed to bring you some information that you might not otherwise have. Um, We've learned a lot over the years about how government works, how cities work, and we do a lot of work with people trying to make sure that we're able to provide them with access to information and advocacy that they uh, may need. And that's one of the things we want to talk about is advocacy. Yeah. How you do it and what shouldn't you do. Yeah. Over the years, we've seen lots of different advocates and advocacy groups. Some have been successful. Some have not. Um, So I thought we'd talk today a little bit about kind of what we've seen and how those of you listening can um, be more effective in your advocacy. First thing, I think it's important for anyone who wants to move um, public opinion and um, public officials' viewpoints on things to be pragmatic. Um, I always advise people, don't ask an elected official to do something that there is no way they can do. Um, For example, you may not want to ask for $5 million for butterflies. Um, (laughs) I think butterflies are really cool. They're beautiful. They actually um, add value to the environment. All that is true. But... You have to consider what a pragmatic ask um, to support butterflies might be. And butterflies is just one example. I mean, we've heard oh, sure. lots of things. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Well, everybody's got an ask for something, and that's cool. And I think that the main thing about advocacy is to don't drop an atomic bomb right off the bat. You know, you've got to work up to it. You've got to... You've got to rope in other advocates and other uh, uh, collaborators with you to bring more power to it. But you don't have to become combative or or in your face as soon as some people do. Uh, you know it. And and the other thing that I think is bad is don't wait till the last minute. Recognize that you may be advocating for something that you think is immediate, but the people who you think can deliver on whatever response you want have to probably go through a heck of a lot more process, uh, steps, talk to more people in order to get there, and it takes time. So you want something? Start at the beginning. Yeah. You know, you take a lot of sting out of advocacy if you make it a collaboration at the start. Yeah. Do your homework. Absolutely. Yeah. How many times have we seen advocates or advocacy organizations come and want something and they haven't done their own homework? They don't know what other players might be in the space. They don't know what other um, big ticket items the elected official may be dealing with at the time. Do your homework so that you can be an effective advocate for your cause. Don't make the elected official have to figure it out. Yeah. And I also think that when you're when you're being an advocate for a cause or a neighborhood or something outside of government, that you don't do things that turn the people you're advocating to against the people you're advocating for. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, not everything has to be a fist fight. 
I think that a lot of times people misunderstand and think that because somebody's on the other side of the table that they're automatically against whatever you're advocating for. Not necessarily true. They may be in favor of what you're advocating for, but have a different idea about how to get there or have, or recognize the restraints that they have on them in order to help you get there, but may be able to offer alternatives. So I think the first part of advocacy is know who your friends are and be careful about declaring those potential friends as enemies too early because once you declare them an enemy, they're going to stay an enemy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think, uh, another issue to, um, keep in the back of your head is that usually elected officials are dealing with 30 hot potatoes and, um, the public may actually be aware of maybe 10 of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's all these things swirling in the background that you may or may not, um, even know about. And so make sure you make it easy for them to say yes. Um, and and that may sound a bit cheap to some people, um, but it kind of is how um, public policy gets done in a sustainable, effective way. Right, right. Well, it, I think, frankly, there are more people looking for win-win circumstances for than sure. we think. Yeah. Um, and I've always thought that you can't go into a situation where you want 100% of the pie and expect the other person to simply say, yeah, by all means, here, take it. Uh, there has to be some way for both sides to benefit from any deal that's being struck, any deal that's being made. And, and I think one of the other things, too, is that people are looking for absolutes. Much of what happens in this society, much of what happens in government, much of what happens in any level of change is incremental. You don't get from A to Z in one fell stoop. Sometimes you have to go from A to D and from D to M and from M to Z or X before you get to Z. Be happy with those incremental changes. Build on them. But in order to build on those incremental changes, you have to be able to go back to the coalitions that you had to get the first change and work with them again to move it further. If you piss them off at the beginning... They're not going to work with you to get further down the line. So where you were trying to get an absolute solution, you've only got a third of the whole uh, loaf because you pissed off the people so much. That's all they were willing to give, and they're not going to help you get the other two-thirds. Yeah, they just want to see you go away so they don't have right. to deal with you again. Hey, we already helped you get in line. we got 50,000 other people to help on different stuff, so we're not paying any attention to you. And then they can also say, look, they came to us, we gave them what they were asking for, or we tried to give them as much as we can, and they're just not ever going to be satisfied. So they'll turn it around and make you look like the bad guy. Yeah. Um, Another thing, know what success looks like in your mind. Um, Have a goal in mind. Um, Know what success looks like. Um, Be willing to pivot if you need to. Um, but when I have seen advocacy organizations not have um, a clear end goal in mind, um, things can get messy pretty quickly. Well, it's not, it, and I agree with you. It's not, uh, that's absolutely true that it can get messy because you don't have a clear goal in mind. But part of what happens when you have what you think is a clear goal, sometimes you fail to take into account the barriers on the other side of the negotiation that will stop you from getting there. Mm-hmm. And you do not then suggest solutions or try to work out solutions. You simply get upset that there are barriers and that those barriers are a hindrance to getting from A to Z. 
when you go in, you really need to be able to recognize that in order for me to get what I want, I have to recognize how difficult it may be for you to give it to me. Mm -hmm. And if it's difficult for you to give it to me because of whatever structure, how do we get around that structure? What can I do to help you help me? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, I'm here, I'm loud, do what I want. (laughs) And God knows we've seen a lot of those. You know, They jump and shout and all that stuff. And it's kind of at some point... It becomes so ineffective that you can just tune it out. And because it is ineffective, they lose credibility in their own circles. The, the good advocates are the ones who make an approach fact-based. They understand the barriers that you've got. They're willing to help you solve that problem. They understand it. It's got to be a win-win. And they work together with you to reach that win-win. That's what I think. Yeah. One more thing. Also, um, when you are engaging in an advocacy strategy, make sure you collect your metrics for success. Amen. It is when you have to go back and ask for more, um, or hey, maybe even just as a thank you, an elected official helps you go back six months, a year later, and say, hey, because you helped us do X, Y, Z, we, I'm making this up, um, we raised third grade reading proficiency by 30%. Those types of metrics of success um, can really go far. Yeah. Well, not not just that. It, make sure that you give them praise publicly. Yeah. If what somebody else has helped you do has gotten you the success that you want, don't be afraid to say that. Everybody likes to be appreciated. It's a lot better than being villainized. If you tell if you're up there and you're saying, "You know what? We really want to thank Joni Wickham because without her help, we wouldn't have been able to get here." Uh, you know, she was just great helping us find the resources that we need or putting us in contact with the people we needed, and we really really appreciate that. That goes a long way when you go back to Joni Wickham and say, "We need you again." Yeah. <laughs> you know, we need you again. Uh because then they feel like I'm part of the whole thing now. It's not just them. It's me, too. So there's they bought in to some extent. They got a little skin in the game. So now that they've got a little skin in the game, it's a little easier for them to go back and say, well, I'll put a little more in and we'll ride this wave out. Yeah. Um, would you think about advocating for issues? Um. What are some of the most successful projects or initiatives that you've watched? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, well, let's take a client. Let's take United We. Oh, yeah. Okay. That started off as like a little bitty cottage industry that started in our office with the appointments project. Look at what it is now. Yeah. Also, though... Look at how long it's taken to get there. And it's been incremental change, just like we thought. Oh, okay, so we're going to get people appointed to local boards and commissions. We're going to take care of women. Now we're going to expand that. We're going to go to Jackson County and do the same thing. Then we're going to go to another city. Now we're going to go to states. Now we're going to write about it. Now we're going to research it. We're going to be able to make the case for why this is important, what it's meant economically, what it's meant socially, what it's meant in terms of gender equality. And that advocacy has been going on for years, and it's been a very non-confrontational advocacy. For sure. It's been a very collaborative advocacy. And the reason is that they came in and the whole thing was based on 
you're doing this. We're trying to do something similar. Why don't we work together in order to achieve nirvana? And it's a partnership. It's a partnership. Yeah. They bought in, we bought in, and that is exactly what moves the needle. When you have people that are pursuing a common goal, as opposed to you trying to pull somebody over the line towards your goal, which may or may not be the most important goal they've got. Mm -hmm. But I think that has been tremendous advocacy work, uh, and I credit you a lot for that, uh, for getting things done and and making sure uh, that the program is always uppermost in people's minds, not taking credit, but pushing the program and expanding the program and sharing it with other people so that now you have data that says we're not the only ones doing this. We've been able to plant this here, 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 and here. Here are the results around. This is good stuff. We need more. Yeah. And now you got a book portfolio that you can show people to say, we need you on board. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great example. Um, another um, issue advocacy organization that I think has been tremendously successful over the long haul, like 20, 25 years, I would say bad. Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Yeah. Think of how... Yeah. Uh, impaired driving as an issue has re- they've really been successful at agenda setting right. at it being a real um, issue that that people uh, work on um, and um, their outcomes yeah they've been really effective and and it's hard to find somebody who's got to say nah you know what I we like, should really be I, able to drive drunk yeah I think drunk driving is perfectly fine I don't know what all the fuss is about yeah um, and there, then there's probably a lot of people that say there before the grace of God go I, but yeah, I agree. I think that they have been a very good advocate for what they've done, and and in fact became the model for uh, grandparents for gun safety. Yeah, uh, other organizations trying to take on really big entrenched issues like that. Um, you know, I, I'll say that Turn the Page has been a good advocacy program for kids uh, trying to get things done, uh, and and it's one of those things where frankly once you kind of explain the things to people then it's really a matter of trying to figure out what barriers are in their way that would prevent them from assisting it's not like anybody says i don't care about kids right you know it's like yeah you know that's good but you know that's an awfully big subject and you know we can't do that and we can't do this but you know maybe if we could write a letter and get you a billion dollars or something but you have to engage them in a different way and then get them engaged and they then do things. So there's all sorts of different things. And you can advocate for good quality programs. You can advocate for change in political structures or, or policies. I ran into a woman last night at, at, a, at, a, at an event who is advocating for change in the police department. And I was very curious. And I, I asked her what she was doing about that. She says, I'm in their face. And I said, okay, uh, I understand that. Uh, but being in their face isn't going to change anything. They just look at you as an yeah. adversary. What does success look like? <laughs> exactly right. Um, and how successful have you been being in their face? What, what are you going to do to adapt to the changing environment? I understand exactly what she's trying to do and what she said. Um, but at the end of the day, it requires a long-term coordinated, fact-based, as non-aggressive as possible approach. Because one thing that we know is, is that when people get a mandate, their first response to a mandate is, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So it needs to be something that you can move them to and show them the benefit. Here's how this will help you, not just me. Yeah. And that takes a, a considered approach. Yeah. Advocacy is not yelling. It's not yelling. <laughs> 
it's not expecting to get every single thing that you want without without change, without modification. And it's not something you can bully people into unnecessarily by uh, more active protest, although it does help sometimes, but it's not always the case. Right. So if you want to talk more about how we can help you with your advocacy strategies, um, you can look us up at WickhamJames.com. Thanks for listening. That's what we do. Or as, what was the guy's name that was on the Royals? That's what Speed do? Lorenzo Cain. Loren- no, that wasn't Lorenzo Cain. That was uh, Dyson. Oh, yeah. Gerard okay. Dyson. That's what Speed do. Well, that's what Wickham James do. <laughs> Have a good one, folks. <laughs>